Hello and welcome to another episode of Building Minnesota Rocker. I am Ashley, aka Midnight Director of Content here for Minnesota Rocker and version 1, obviously. And then I've got Brett Diamond, the usual suspect, uh, joining me. Uh, Brett, how the heck you doing? It's another duo podcast. I like doing those. Just kind of a, a time to catch up, shoot the shit, talk about like the current happenings, obviously within the company. And then obviously there's some huge news today that, um, you know, 100 Thieves is obviously entering CDL under LA Thieves. So I want to talk to you about that, see where, you know, rocker off season shaking out and just the hype that we have for Cold War. So Brett, how you doing? How's it going? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You know, it's, it's, Going to be 79 degrees in Minnesota today. So, oh, so of excited. all the signs of the apocalypse that we've had in 2020, this is one that I can probably get on board with. Um, I think we're going to, you know, we got 70 degree plus for a couple of days and we'll have some snow, be back to normal Minnesota uh, quasi winter. But <laughs> yeah, it's looking good so far. Yeah, I'm I'm super stoked about the weather. I've been trying to spend a lot of time, like more time on calls, like, you know, outside if I can. Um, and after this podcast, I'm going to go enjoy some of the, I think this is our last good weather um, until the end of winter, I would assume. And so, I don't know, we'll see how it goes. But speaking of good weather, you know where has good weather all the time? Los Angeles. Los Angeles, you it know, certainly does. What has happened is... I mean, from from just the, like the outsider perspective, Hundred Thieves joins CDL not as an additional team, but it seems they're taking over that LA slot from OGLA. Brett, talk me through like what the hell just happened? How did this happen? Um, as much as we know, obviously it's not like we have a super ton of huge intel, but just what is from from our perspective perspective another team in the league? What what does this mean for CDL? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's awesome news for CDL, for CDL fans, for us as an organization. Look, any team, any league, yes, nice. <laughs> um, it's it's awesome news for us as an organization, for CDL, for the fans. You know, what you want is the biggest brands and the strongest brands as a part of the league. And that is good for the league and good for the growth of the league long term. And you can't possibly argue that 100 Thieves and now the LA Thieves are not an amazing brand. And you know what? I'm pumped for us to get a chance to play against them. I'm pumped for us to, you know, to to have them as a part of the league, um, to bring their tradition and their history in the COD scene um, to what's already in CDL. And you know, like they're going to, they're going to, all of us, every team in the league will raise our, you know, will raise our game as a part of this. And I think it's awesome. Um, you know, from a, you know, it's, it's funny. We talked a little bit about this uh, when Arda was on last week, you know, in a lot of cases, um, you know, fans sort of assume that like, we know, you know, everything magically. Right. You know, and the reality is in, in a lot of, um, you know, in a lot of these cases, you know, we're like, we're fine. We're learning some things um, as they as as they come, just like fans are. Um, you know, from the you know from the initial like report that that came out several weeks ago that there was going to be some movement with one of the LA teams. You know, everybody looked at that immediately and said, "Okay, like LA Thieves is sort of a logical conclusion that you come to when when that when those stories started last month." Um, 
but for most of us in the organization, you know, we're just looking at it just like most of the fans are, right? Like, okay, it seems like there's going to be an LA slot available. That seems like the logical conclusion, but we're not in the boardroom with, you know, with Nate Shot and John Robinson and, you know, the people they're talking to, um, you know, uh, it, it, like you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. So I'm actually super interested, like eventually I'm sure a lot of those, you know, a lot of those things um, come out and I'm sure the people involved will talk about those things at some point. And I'm interested in, you know, hearing those stories when they do just from a, you know, from a, almost from a fan perspective. Right. But, you know, at the end of the day, like this is how it should be right. LA thieves, hundred thieves as an organization, as a part of call of duty esports. It's awesome. What do you think? You've been in the scene a lot longer than I have. I'm fucking hyped, bro. Oh, sorry, I swore. I'm freaking hyped, though. <laughs> that's why. That's how excited I am. This is great news, bro. Like, this is awesome. Obviously, you know, my time at Optic Gaming back in the day, uh, me and Nate Shot were, were a part of the same organization for such a long time. He, you know, eventually ended up kind of leaving, starting 100 Thieves, doing his thing. Obviously, I ended up leaving and, and doing this. And it's just, it's it's such a good thing to have matt and, and nature the whole like the whole 100 thieves organization like back in the fold i know it was a pain point last year for them when they had to announce like hey we're we're out of call of duty and that's not what we want right now and i would be super interested to know like kind of how what led to that decision because i know at the time they kind of cited like wanting to keep the 100 Thieves branding like very, very much on the, the team names that, that they're entering esports into, which totally makes sense to me from a brand building, you know, point of view. Like, yeah, we look at 100 Thieves, especially me, like the content that they do. I look at them as like that, that upper echelon of team. Um, but it's, they're still new, kind of. Like they're really not that old of an organization if you look at it. And it's pretty impressive what they've been able to do in such a short period of time. And obviously they have great you know, financial investment um, backing. Um, I think they might have even cited that as a reason as to why they just didn't want to buy into CDL um, in, in the, that way because they would have had to maybe sacrifice that branding. But I thought it back then, and I think it now. LA Thieves is a dope name. It's it's right on brand, right? And it's they're already based in LA. It makes sense. I guess I'm I'm really interested to kind of see like how does this shake out? Like you have OGLA who was like I mean I guess I could say this because I was a part of the old optic. Like just it was not gonna work out. Like I knew that <laughs> before. You know they they discovered that it's not gonna work out. Um, you know, long term from a brand building perspective for that for that squad. But I'm just curious to know, like, like looking at it now, Brett, and obviously you and I don't have like the the back door, the the intel, like you said, we're not in the boardroom with with Nate Shot and the and the key people at 100 Thieves making these decisions. But what happens? Like, who's their roster? Do they just absorb everything and everyone that Optic Gaming had from a CDL perspective? Like, I'm just curious about, like, how do they staff for it? Or are they already staffed for it? Is it just kind of they take over and they cut out who they don't want? I'm just kind of curious from a business angle, how does this kind of 100 Thieves, LA Thieves takeover of the LA CDL slot, like, what does that mean? And especially for, like, you think of those players, like, what does that mean for them? Are they with 100 Thieves now? Yeah, so I think we can talk about that in in a couple ways, right? Um, you know, what I'll avoid is any speculation that you know of of like things that we don't know. Yeah, um, we don't. But but I'll, I'll, so first, you know, they they did announce some things today that you know Kenny Slasher um, uh, are part of the roster. I believe they said um, 
uh, that draws a, I think they, in their tweet, they said he's a sub, uh, Mud Dog's the GM. So like clearly they're absorbing a lot of that. Um, you know, the way it sort of, if you, if you zoom out and when there's no, in a typical situation when a sports team is transacted, right? So like now I'm not talking about hundred thieves here particularly, but in general, like when a sports team is, is when any franchise is sold, um, and it varies a little bit league to league, but generally speaking, the new ownership absorbs whatever is already in place. So player contracts, staff, um, you know, GM, coach contracts, whatever contract you're, you're, it's like any, when any business is sold, really, the new owners now own all those contractual elements, right? And then from there, the new owners decide, okay, do we want to continue with, with, you know, with things as they are, do we make different decisions, etc. Um, you know, obviously, in the case of of hundred hundred thieves, um, a lot of that roster, the GM, they were part of hundred thieves. You know, in CWL, so you know that's a very natural fit, I would imagine. Um, yeah. You know, and and clearly they've announced that today that you know that that those players and um, and Mud Dog are part of you know part of LA Thieves. So clearly they've embraced that. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I I actually I thought um thought at the time when when Mud Dog left um Hundred Thieves because he wanted to stay in Call of Duty, right? Like that's why he wanted to move to OGLA was because he's just so ingrained in in Call of Duty and he sees that for for his future being the GM of that of that squad. I'm really happy for him to like be able because I'm sure it it didn't feel awesome, right, to have to leave Hundred Thieves and now to have that opportunity um, to come back, I think is really awesome. I'm really glad it happened at this time. I guess, like, from from your perspective, it's better if something if something were to shake up like it is right now with you know a, the kind of a swap of a team. Like, where where does Optic go? What do those rumors mean? What's the long term like implications of that? We don't know, but. Is it better, in your opinion, that this is happening now rather than in, like, year five of the league? Or is it give the the first year or two some instability from, from an out, outside perspective? No, I, I think it's good. You know, 100 Thieves as a part of CDL is how it should be, right? And, you know, it, it took a year to get there for, you know, for considerations that are, you know, far, you know, that, that I am not privy to, and, and that's totally fine. Um, but 100 Thieves is part of CDL. It's how it should be. Um, and you want, you know, you want to, you want an organization like that, that, you know, is producing killer content, has an amazing brand, has, you know, these rock star personalities. You want that in your league. You just do, um, you know, in general, you know, in general, um, you know, you want in a league, you want stability and you want, you know, brands and, and teams and ownership groups that are, you know, that are part of growing the league long-term, um, but there's no question in my mind that Call of Duty League is stronger today than it was yesterday. And this is a good, this is an awesome thing for everybody involved. Thousand percent, bro. I'm so excited. Fake optic out, LA thieves in. I'm sorry. I'm just hype about it. I'm just excited. I'm selfishly <laughs> excited about that, bro. I'm so excited. I think their branding is pretty cool. I'd want to know, like, how long. And like I said, I'm I'm with you that I'm wanting to understand, like, how did this happen? And I'm sure we'll hear about it. Like, I wonder how quick of a turn it was to come up with their branding. I think it's it's pretty on brand. It's that got that street like street apparel brand kind of vibe that 100 Thieves already kind of has. 
And I definitely agree, you know, with the personalities that you have on 100 Thieves, how they've been handling their team internally and, and really how fast they've grown in really such a short period of time. It's it's super inspiring, especially for if you try to, like, kind of turn it back, um, you know, towards like, the angle of, like, building Minnesota Rock or building a sustainable esports team organization. Like, how do you – I don't know. I just – I look at them as, like, the that's what you aim for. You try to get to that point where – you're able to bring on these killer content creators and really have a have a strong a strong voice online. And I think, you know, the fact that it is Nade Shot, this prolific X Games gold medalist Call of Duty champion, you know, uh, you know, rejoining his his where he started. I think it's just it's a great story. I think it makes sense. I think if it was another team or if it was another situation of like some other ownership group like kind of bowing out and a new one coming in, I would look at that and be like, "Ooh, in year 1, that's weird for the league, but for this it just feels right." So I think that's that's a really important distinction to make. Yeah, that's that's 100% right. Um that you know, every situation's unique every time. And again, in any sport, when you've got, you know, you know, teams changing hands, ownership groups, um, you know, in, investing and changing investments, um, it's always going to be unique. Um, but like, this is, this is awesome. I'm hype. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do. I'm now we have a, I mean, they're, they go hard, dude. Like hundred thieves. They want, yeah. I mean, everyone in the league, I feel like just going back to kind of like some of the things we touch on on this podcast before is like, this league is so damn competitive, every angle of it too, not just the competitions that happen, you know, on event weekends. It's everything about it I look at as a competition. It's it's content. Who's produced who has the best social content? Who has the best video content? What are the teams doing outside of just signing the players and playing the games and hoping that they win? It's it's such a competitive industry and, and literally a whole league that we have that I'm just, when you see a, a great presence coming in like 100 Thieves and with LA Thieves, I think it just makes me more excited. And I do believe that the, the rising tides raises, you know, all ships, right? It, it just helps this whole thing. And, and that's a really important perspective to it because there's some things where, you know, it's easy to look at it and say, okay, you know, today i wouldn't be surprised if today they pass us in social media followers right and like we're you know we talk internally and we talk with potential sponsors you know how we're excited that we're fourth in social media followers um in in cdl and the only ones in front of us are you know our huntsman phase empire you know these iconic brands and so we're excited to be number fourth number four um and so, you know what, probably today we're going to drop to five because like, I haven't looked at what their numbers are at so far, but my guess is they will skyrocket, right? Because that's the hundred thieves brand, um, you know, and will there be times where we're, where we're pitching sponsors and they, you know, they go to hundred thieves instead of go or LA thieves instead of, you know, instead of coming to us, like, will that probably happen? Probably at some point, you know, are there fans that, you know, hopefully fans will support both teams. Um, but at the end of the day, like, it's good for the league. It's good for, you know, we want to to have matches against against the LA Thieves that are going to draw a ton of eyeballs, right? Like, that's what you want. You know, in the NFL, teams, um, you know, teams get excited when they have home games against, you know, against the Dallas Cowboys, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Because those are, you know, those are big-time brands that you want to match up with, that you want to play against. And at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's a rising tide lifts all boats is the right way to look at it. And, 
you know, they produce amazing content. You know, that's a, that's a great, you know, I think we produce amazing content and it's a great standard for us to look at and say, you know, let's, let's do what they do. Do what they do, but with our little flavor, dude, I'm excited. Yeah. I, I could we're, do we're, we're, more of the Gary V scrappy yeah, we're, style. We're a little more yeah. like, frick it, let's do it live. Like, let's go, let's post stuff, let's get out there. Uh, but I do think, I mean, they have, uh, they've just done a lot right in the scene, uh, even just outside of like Call of Duty. If you look at the strides that they've been able to make with the content, who the content creators they were able to sign, like three years ago, it was Nade Shot trying to figure it out and then he gets this investment backing and they start hiring the right people around him and it's they've been able to just really crush that but from especially someone who's gone from the like literally the content creator role to influencer role to like this now on the other side of the business is not easy and to start from zero like like he did um you know a few years ago i think it's just so impressive what he's been able to do and i look at it similarly um as what we're trying to apply with, with our company, right? Like we have amazing um, ownership in, in the Will family and minority air, uh, owner Gary Vee, right? Like they've instilled a lot of confidence and belief in what we're doing here. And it's, you know, I think, I'm not saying we're tomorrow, we're going to be 100 Thieves, but it just, it gives you something to strive for and competition breeds excellence, especially in terms of a league. And I think them putting out great content makes us want to put out I mean, we want to put out great content anyway, but it's just, it's inspiring when the, the teams around you are, are doing great things as well. And I think that's yep. really important. So I'm excited about content. I'm excited about rocker content, particularly this year. Um, obviously we have a new lineup in, um, from last year. We've got Priesta, Major Maniac, Attach, Accuracy incredible dudes uh there there seemed to be much uh more content focused than than the guys on our last roster um which i don't you know it's it's a it's a balanced thing in esports right like obviously competition is number one you need to be prepared on game day to execute and win like winning helps make making a lot of the content easier right but when you have, you know, great on-camera personalities like we do on our team now, I think that it, it just makes it all the better. So I'm excited to do a ton of cool stuff with this roster. I'm excited, um, you know, about kind of the developments in the offseason. Um, can we talk a little bit about something? Well, we're going to be creating content around this and kind of explaining it, but this might be a good kind of touch point to intro it. Obviously, Brett, in the past, we've wanted the roster of the players to live in Minnesota. Like, if you're going to go out on game day with Minnesota on your chest, like, you need to be here and be about it. Um, obviously, wasn't expecting a global pandemic to hit. I don't think anyone was, and that's changed our plans a little bit. And we've allowed the players to kind of live, you know, remotely wherever they'd like. And it's not only our team that's doing this, but you see many other players in the CDL actually moving to the Dallas area. So... To, uh, talk a bit about Brett. Kind of, what's the plan there? What are we, what are we doing? Where are our players going to be? Are we going to be able to see the guys as much since they're not in Minnesota? I can kind of answer that question, but just kick us off of where are the guys and why. Yeah. So um, the the starting players. So the four guys are are going to live in Dallas this year. They're move. Some of them. They're basically all moving within like the first two weeks of November. So some of them have already moved. Um, the others will be down there shortly. So you know, as, as you said, Ashley, we've talked a lot over the past year and some of, on, some of it on this podcast, we've talked a lot over the past year about the importance um, of having the players you know, have roots in Minnesota and be a part of this community. Um, and that is still the long-term plan, right? In, yeah. in 2022, 
our players will live in Minnesota. That will be back to, you know, sort of that as the starting point. Um, but for this year, we wanted to be more flexible um, for a number of reasons. Obviously, you know, global pandemic, crazy world of 2020. Um, interestingly, when we went through free agency, almost every major um, free agent target that we talked to wanted to live in the Dallas area. And it shows just how competitive these guys are that like they're looking for any possible edge. And the, you know, the perception out there is that by living in Dallas, you have access to the best possible internet uh, that you just don't have in every city. Um, and frankly, I don't know if that's true or not, but it's the analogy I use is, um, you know, in, you know, if you're, if you're playing hockey and somebody thinks that their skates are, are not tied are tied too tight, um, or like a football player thinks their cleats are getting stuck in the grass, like whether it's true or not, that's their perception. And so, you know, as the team, you want to fix it. Um, so they felt like they would have the best possible internet living in the Dallas area um, and proximities to servers is, you know, that's a, you know, you know, that's a, you know, an obvious thing where you're looking at the map and saying, okay, we're this far from this server and that far. Um, so for that reason, it seems like a lot of players, particularly free agents, were looking to live in the Dallas area. Um, I don't know how many teams are ending up there. At one point, it sounded like it could be as many as um, five or six that could just naturally end up with their players living there. And again, I'm not talking about like bubble or any of that stuff. That's just like, the, that's where the guys are living. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, so we got the guys living there. Um, we've hired uh, um, a, a um, a name that many in the COD community are familiar with, uh, Joe Fries. We brought on board. Uh, official first day was November first, so um, you know, vi videographer that's uh, done a lot of work in um, in the COD scene and I think the Halo scene before that. Um, was with uh, Empire last year. Was with Evil Geniuses prior to that. Um, great guy. Um, awesome dude. We're we have to, to have, have him, him on, dude. Can yeah, we, we, should, I, we yeah. I think we're going to have the we coaches. We're going to have the coaches on next week to get nerdy and talk about, you know, cold war release and like the next season and getting all tightened up. But I cannot, I mean, obviously I'm very biased towards content. I cannot express enough how amazing the hire for us of Joe Fries is. I think he's incredible. He's got deep roots in this community, similar to, to me. Um, I've already had a few like at length conversations with him just about like the goals we have, what we want to do, what we're trying to accomplish, the style or how we kind of achieve those things. Um, so, you know, I see in the, in the chat, we're like, yeah, rocker content will continue to grow. Like you'll get there. And with this edition, we are on, we're well on our way to, to getting there. He's going to be amazing, um, for, for the team. And not only that, did we get a little lucky? Cause yeah, obviously all the guys, they want to move to Dallas to have the best like competitive advantage. Like obviously the, the, the biggest competitive thing is being able to play on land but with the global pandemic and just the environment we do not know if that is going to be a thing or not um especially like right away in cdl like maybe yeah cool there's a vaccine that comes out and we can all start going to events again and having a good time please fingers crossed <laughs> i need some normalcy back but you know in the meantime we don't know maybe it's going to be online so the guys it makes sense that a majority of cdl players want to move down there not necessarily to do a whole bubble but to just have that competitive like as much competitive integrity as you can and, um, you know, when I heard about that, I was like, everyone's was like, man, that makes it so tough to make content with them, obviously, because I mean, there's definitely some remote things you can do. And I have a lot of plans as far as it comes to that. But it was nice having, you know, the, the last rocker roster just walk going into HQ for work and seeing them there before the pandemic hit. 
But, um, you know, luckily Joe Fries is currently living in Dallas because he, he was just with um, Dallas Empire. And he's, you know, super excited to have that touch point with the players. We are going to um, be doing a lot of content with the players. We've got some big plans of how we're going to kind of execute those things and having him like literally boots on the ground down in Texas while the guys are living down there uh, temporarily is couldn't be better news so I'm glad I'm glad to share that news with you guys here on the podcast we're super stoked about the future of you know rocker as a whole um even some bigger things Brett with you know the parent company that that we we have and are under we obviously have version one who's the rocket league team and we had some that was I mean I know this is not the building version one podcast but we just had like a little rocket league roster mania session so that kept us kind of kind of busy and entertained and just you know we've got a lot of cool shit that we're about to do or cool stuff sorry dang I keep it that's two swears this podcast geez get it you're together. so you're you're so hyped Ashley you just can't you I know can't, uh you can't contain it and it's live so I can't beep it I'm sorry <laughs> but but um but yeah I think like I'm just so excited for the future whether it's you know the Rocket League um winter split is starting soon the Call of Duty season, I believe, isn't started until early 2021. But, you know, Cold War is coming out in, God, what day is it? The 6th? It's in one week. Call of Duty comes out in one week. Wow. Time is happening so fast. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm just so excited about, like, just the that game launch, the content we'll be able to do around that, kind of getting that first look at some of these rosters. Not only that, you have the league downsizing rosters sizes from 5v5 to 4v4 and if we thought last year was competitive first season of cdl was mad competitive it's gonna be i think twice as crazy this year like yeah <sighs> yeah i'm i'm so psyched for the season. It, it, it just can't get here fast enough right and and part of it is just that quick turn from champs right into roster mania into we've done a you know a ton of tournaments over the last month um you know, been working with the players to get, you know, get, get them set up and, you know, they're moving to Dallas. They're going to be settled in their new place. Um, yeah. It's funny. You know, the, when you think about what we're trying to accomplish with content in the pandemic, right. You know, I, I think what we're setting up for is a good insight for, for listeners and for fans into what we're about as an organization, right? Like are, we're going to make the very best of whatever situation is in front of us. And that's something that, you know, you and I talked about, you know, now I keep saying a year ago, but you know, over well over a year ago when it was just the two of us and then it was the two of us plus Annie. Um, and it was, you know, okay, we didn't have the most resources in the world, but we were going to make content and, you know, make the very most out of what we had to, to work with. And that's something that we said to the staff the last meeting that we all had together, you know, when it became clear that like everyone's going to have to work from home for a while. And we didn't know at that point, whether it was going to be, you know, a week, two weeks, two months, you know, what probably looks like a year. Right. Um, but you know, what we're, you know, hiring somebody like Joe Fry's is about continuing to, to build our content capabilities, bring the right people into the organization. Um, the fact that he's living in Dallas and can can do things hands on with the players, you know, in a safe environment, like that's what we're about, right? There's you know, like no excuses. Like pandemic, yep. Like you, you know, go figure it out. One thing like, that we don't we're not, do, we're not hitting pause. We, we're, we're we're going. We don't we're just going. mail it in ever. 
we try to do no matter what um, circumstances we're, we've found ourselves in, we've always been kind of scrappy and just trying to be, you know, you doing stuff like this. Like, I love the fact that we do this podcast and kind of keep people up to date with with the inner workings. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the new season. I'm excited for all the content. Um, and I'm excited to just keep doing this thing. You guys, I mean, can you like, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I was going to ask permission, cool. but I'm just going to do it. Uh-oh. This podcast is going to be awesome next year. That's all I'm going to say. Is 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 awesome it's going now. To evolve. But it's going to boy, it's going to evolve and I'm very excited. Like it's going to evolve like a Pokémon real quick, real flashy, real nice and I'm really excited about that. Um so that's all I'll tease with. We're excited about <laughs> the the future of the Minnesota Rocker podcast. Um so yeah, I'm I'm stoked. I love uh, I love seeing the chat. I love people talking in the chat. You know, Should take some questions. Yeah, what do you, let's, what do you think? Let, let, we got like five minutes for questions. So if you have a question in the chat, definitely hit us. Um, if you're listening on a podcast app, not live, I'm sorry. Hang out. You know, we'll we'll. Um, I hope you've had an en- enjoyable time listening so far. I think um, you know subscribing to the podcast wherever you're listening is really awesome. Give it a rating. Um, chat likes the Pokemon reference. There we go. Although I'm more of a Yu-Gi-Oh person. Don't hate me. I said it on Twitter yesterday. Um, you know, I was trying to get out of this election headspace on Twitter that everything's, everything's got going on. And, um, yeah, I saw a tweet that said Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon. And I finally found a new thing to argue with, with people about. So I'm definitely, yeah, there, there was some, you know, we're, we're not going to turn this into a politics podcast. So there are some times that I think that'd be fun. Um, yeah, uh, this this probably isn't one of those times. Yes, that is not um, how this but, podcast will evolve. But you had you you had to love the the stop the count memes that were going on. Oh, right? did you, like, you see the rocker one? Wherever you sit on the on the political spectrum, like you got you you had to enjoy the stop the count memes. Um, I saw the the one from us and the Huntsman, uh, the full sale. Uh, that was oh, painful. That hurt my feelings. I'm not sure. And tell me what you think. Was that more or less painful? Did you see the one that was stop the count and it was the scoreboard of the NFC championship game uh, Vikings yeah. versus Eagles from a few years ago yep. of, uh, of the Vikings up seven, nothing. Um, yeah, there was a yeah. lot of hurt uh, from, from a Minnesota angle of the memes that I mm-hmm. saw yesterday. Mm-hmm. Or even I saw, I saw um, a meme today of someone like someone made a political point and then a, someone that I follow, like just uh, put a picture of the Blair Walsh kind of, you know, before he kicks it and they put the angle going wide left, you know, to, to say that he missed. And I was like, man, that's messed up. Cause why is it gotta be on us all the time? Uh, I'm dang. Now the chat's going politics. I think this is where we end it. I think this is where... <laughs> uh, uh, my my uh, my view of the chat is delayed here. I gotta pull it. I gotta pull uh, it back up. No, nah, it's Dude, it's mostly good. Uh, Pandora's no, box. Yeah, a little bit. That's okay. Hey, it's the best escape for me right now is focusing on you know Call of Duty comes out next week. The cool content we want to make around Rocker, not only Rocker but obviously V1. Rocket League, you know, the new split starting up. I want to put a lot more emphasis into content around that team as well. So it's a good time to be a gamer. If if 2020 has taught me anything, it's that it's a lot of it's a crap show, but 2020 is a good time to be a gamer. Frag out in the chat asks, how do you guys plan to take Rocker's content to the next level? What steps are you taking this year other than adding how to the, or people to the roster? Um, 
for me, I mean, it's a little bit of what I just mentioned, right? It's obviously we, we do a lot of content here, right? And, and it's always for me, like internally, like a quality versus quantity back and forth, right? Of like, well, do we want to do as many things as possible? Or do we want to do like the very best things possible? And I do think it's possible to find that that medium, right? Like, so you are very active. We want to be very transparent. We want to continue doing that. But we also want to up our game a little bit. We want to keep going with shows like Saga because I think that those are important to do to tell the story of our team. We want to get, um, you know, our guys playing together pretty frequently. We want to, you know, get get in the mix, make sure that we're creating things around them that's not just, okay, they scrimmed tonight, that was cool. Like, we want to highlight that, but we also want to highlight the great personalities that we have on our team to help connect the fans to, you know, the guys, really. So I'm excited to keep keep doing that. We did a little bit of it last year. I think the pandemic kind of did put a wrench in, in some of the plans we had, but it, the future's looking bright. Like I said, I couldn't be more excited to have – Joe Fry's on on the staff to help, you know, like I said, boots on the ground in Texas. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. That's gonna help a ton. And really just like for me, it's having that, having him down there to be able to be the literal like hands-on shooting um and, and audio, like everything we need for the videos, but making sure that we establish like a schedule like, hey guys, like this week there's a crazy new war zone update. Like let's let's make a piece around that. Here's who I need. Like it's just putting more of an emphasis on content within the team uh as well so super stoked i'm excited i'm just i'm excited ash i have i have a question for you this yeah. is an important question and you said you said it earlier how good does it feel to be able to say fake optic very good i've been saying it the whole time <laughs> yeah i feel like you're censoring yourself a little bit yeah <laughs> fake optic out all right Listen, I don't know what's going to go on with all that. I don't know where what all this means. But I do know that there is not a team in CDL currently that has the optic name that is not Hector Rodriguez. And that makes me feel good, right? That makes me feel good that... And it's not even that, like, I had animosity or anything towards Immortals. I think they're they're trying to do their thing with, with the asset that they purchased. But if it were me and I was them, I would not have called my team optic when you're not optic that's just like my opinion yeah. man i don't know that's that's what i think on it i'm i'm excited to kind of see like like all the rumors out there how they kind of formulate over time and where where everything lands but i think that if this is the first part of of the direction we're heading is is kind of like what we were talking about at the beginning 100 thieves or la thieves joining cdl that's a pretty good indicator that things are, are shaping up and, and going the right way. So, yeah, it was weird for me to see, like, the Optic logo that I had literally worn and represented for nine years, you know. And I look at that team, you know, and they, it's not that they don't didn't have good staff. I'm like, it's Mud Dog working for them. Like, I love him. Um, you know, they're doing some good stuff. I just thought, like, from a branding perspective, I was like, why? Would you want to do that? <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, that's that's kind of how I always looked at it. Is like I don't understand why they want to keep that name, but not the soul. Yeah, it's interesting, and and you and I talked a little bit about this probably a year ago, or when when you were first coming on board. Like, I was curious how it would work out, just purely from a business perspective, right? And I didn't have the long, you know, the 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 true like emotional understanding of what it meant for for the optic brand to you know 
to be existing outside of outside of Hector um, that obviously you did. But, you know, just observing it, um, it was very interesting to at the time look at that. And, and clearly, you know, as an organization, they were making, you know, making placing a bet, right, that yeah. like the, you know, that the that the they, level of of just the level that the optic brand was at and the number of social media followers and the numbers of fan the number of fans um could withstand whatever negativity would come from you know the divorce with hector um and you know that i'm sure like i'm not going to speak to what might have influenced them to to part ways with the slaughter or get out of cdl like that i'm sure there were many many factors that go far beyond just like did the optic brand resonate over the past year right it's you know it's not just about that i'm sure um but it isn't it, it is interesting to you know to watch how these things develop and you know across the league every team is you know is facing different you know different situations different challenges different decisions when it comes to how to build an organization how to how to build your brand um and no no two situations are alike um but it's really it's really interesting to you know, to observe and learn from what everybody in the league is doing, which is another reason why I think it's, you know, awesome to have uh, the LA Thieves as the, you know, as the newest addition, because I'm sure that there is a lot that we as an organization um, can learn from 100 Thieves and can, you know, can emulate of the things that, you know, have made them great um, as we, you know, as we constantly look to build our organization and, and, and level up over time. Yeah, I I think that's that's the case. It it definitely was weird to see, you know, the optic name continue. I think they did um I don't want to speak for Immortals at all, but it seems to me their vibe was that yes, it was going to be not good at first, but they'd eventually be able to retain some of the fans and then create a bunch of new fans um of the team. And they have great players, right? They they had, you know, great players with great personalities on that team. But it was pretty clear to me and uh, apparently them that it just wasn't working. And it's okay to, to kind of just say, oh, well, we tried. Um, I thought it was a really interesting way for, for them to try to do it. And it just kind of proves to me that what is most important with some of these bigger brands and teams and what captivates people's interest isn't just the logo on the screen. It's much more. It's the stories you're able to tell. It's the content you're able to do. It's the people that you have, either whether they're working for the organization or playing for it. It's it's all a part of it, right? You you can't just take something familiar and, and run with it. So I don't know, man. I think that's a great way to end the podcast, dude. I think, you know, have have some really, really genuine excitement about 100 Thieves, Um joining or i guess it's la thieves we'll call it la thieves officially now la thieves <laughs> joining cdl so that's very exciting day super happy for matt and and even like obviously courage like him and i were on optic for a time together creating content like just super happy to see him kind of get to return to his cod roots in a way and just happy for all the whole like i said rising tides all boats all that stuff i'm excited to to the, in in one week the new CODs coming out. So I'm excited to talk to the coaches next week. We're going to have them on next week to kind of talk. Like, obviously, there's no scrims or anything like happening yet, but just want to get their perspective on how they see the Cold War or Call of Duty League Season 2 shaping out. So thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you guys listening or watching. If you're watching, hello, there's a wave. If you're listening, we do do this live on YouTube. So the, the Rocker YouTube, check us out. The link will be down 
wherever you're listening to this um, at. And if you're listening on like iTunes, Spotify, whatever, make sure to uh, subscribe to the podcast so you can hear our lovely takes every week. And if you're on YouTube, subscribe as well. There's so many viewers that just watch and don't subscribe. So subscribe if you want. Like, no pressure, but, like, let's just make it official, right? Let's let's make sure you, you see all the videos that keep coming out. So, Brett, any any kind of final words? Or just say say bye? Say what's up? Yeah. Bye. <laughs> bye. Thanks for listening. Thanks for, for listening. Watching. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening, guys.